friend. Welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. It's me, your colleague in medicine and coach in life, super sassy host, mother of dragons, <laughs> all the things. I'm Dr. Freaking Aaron Wiseman, and I am so excited to bring you an interview that I did with Casey Bertelsman. She's an absolute hoot, let me tell you. She is an electrical engineer, she's a fellow podcaster, and she works on my team in systems. So there you go, all around, tie around. All right, well, before we get into our interview, I gotta pay some bills. So here's a word from our sponsor today. Physician Financial Services is a business widely recognized in the physician community for disability insurance. Lawrence Keller, CFP, has been in the industry and financial services industry since 1990. And unlike medicine, which has a standardized path that physicians must take to gain the education, training, and experience requirements necessary for obtaining board certification, the insurance and financial service industry does not. Wah, wah. While he might not be a doctor's first phone call regarding their insurance needs, he is often their last. So find Larry at drpodcastnetwork.com backslash Larry Keller, and the link is in the show notes. All right, let's get into our interview. Welcome to the podcast, my friend, my team member, and my fellow podcaster, Casey Bertelsman. It's so great to have you here with me today. I'm really excited, Erin. All right. Well, tell the people out in podcasting world a little bit about yourself and the magic you're putting into the world. Sure. So I'm educated as an engineer. That's what I spend a lot of my time doing. But The work that I do is really a people business. We design buildings. um, So I do lighting and power design for buildings. And most of what I do is in my community. I see all of the buildings that go up. A lot of them are educational facilities. So it's great to see that impact in the community there. And then because I am a woman in engineering, I like to connect with other women in engineering that is why I started my podcast, She Sparks Tech, especially because when you go into a company after graduation, you don't always know what kind of percentage you'll have of women in the office. My, my graduating class from Kansas State University was actually 50-50 for my major, which was really unusual. So half men, half women. And I went from that into an office of about 10 people. And there were two of us that were women. Not the best odds, not terrible odds, but it's hard to see what that career trajectory looks like when you don't see people that look like you in higher roles. And I love this conversation. It's why I invited you to the podcast because it's the same way in medicine. Actually, for female physicians, we're now 51% of medical school applications and acceptance. But when you get out into the real world and you look around in the doctor's lounge and there's not an equal representation. And as we go further into our career, it really starts to drop off. There's a study that came out of Chicago that says um, women five years out from residency or fellowship graduation, 40% of us are going part-time or leaving medicine because of factors. And I think they're very similar factors to what you are fe- you are feeling in the engineering career which is culture, is what it really comes down to, workplace culture. 
So that's what we're going to touch on today is workplace culture. And we're also going to talk about engineers get burnout too, right? Yes. Because it, I mean, it's definitely a reality, whether it's men or women, it can be a really demanding profession. Talk a little bit about your journey. So you got out of K-State, you got into your first engineering firm. What happened? I knew where I was going to work the November before I graduated. So I had like seven months. I knew I was excited to move to Colorado. I felt like I was really excelling in my classes and was like, okay, let's, you know, hit the ground running. And so I did start my job. And since I had interviewed, they had hired three or four other people, which is great because that means there's a lot of work. But as a result of that, in our office, I actually ended up at folding desks or folding tables instead of a cubicle. And like I could almost like reach my hand out. And that was where the managing principal's office was. And his like wall is glass. And he's he's not like a mean person. He's really friendly, but that's still so intimidating to have like the person in charge right there <laughs> staring at you all the time. You know, my team was really great. I had the opportunity to bring in some of the knowledge that I had from working at other firms. And, you know, we've since moved offices. So I have an actual cubicle now. That's a good thing. Yes. (laughs) It took a little while, but I do have my own space. Obviously, we've been working from home like so many other people now. But I think one of the biggest struggles has just been dealing with people who aren't as trained as they should be for learning some of the softwares that we're using. And it makes things frustrating. It takes longer and the the training is just not always there. And when you're the person who does know things, people are asking you questions. It takes time away from your work. You're fixing mistakes. And it just becomes frustrating when you notice issues about the team and you aren't sure how to voice that because it's something that could be fairly easily fixed. You know, why don't we have standards in place? Why aren't, you know, I can list standards and processes out all day, but if people don't know how it works and they aren't interested in learning, it's not going to help the efficiency of our team. And I'd say that's definitely something that I've been trying to push in the right direction for about a year now. Yeah. As you're going through your, because you're still doing your electrical engineering work on top of all the other stuff you're doing as well, right? Yes. I I like to keep busy. You know, it's my, it's my current job. It has a lot of great opportunities and I, right now I'm working remote, which I love. And, you know, parts of it are always great. Like I, I love designing how space looks with the lights in it as someone who gets migraines and headaches from light. It, it's really cool. And, you know, some of my coworkers will say, you know, there's not another business where you get to spend this much of other people's money. It, you know, construction and the whole architecture engineering for other people, their buildings, that's a, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of cool stuff, but just like anything else, it comes with difficulties and one of the big ones we see usually comes down to timeline because construction stops for no one. Yeah, absolutely. Well, talk a little bit more about how you're trying to influence the workplace environment for women to support their growth, get them into the leadership pipeline, but then also have work-life balance and how that tied in with your podcast. Yeah. So I've been really lucky since since we moved offices 
we've hired several women into our office, actually. I'm now the woman who's been there, like in our specific office, has been there the longest. But there are four of us. I think there's four of us now, which is a really great percentage. But we're all still five or six years kind of out of school. It's pretty early in our careers. And just being supportive for our team as much as possible, because especially remote work, you know, you need someone to help push for community events because it's they're all virtual now. So someone needs to be at least putting it on the calendar so people can show up to a happy hour. And that's something that I can do easily. And then it's taken me some time to just understand how to ask for things. Earlier this year, I told the engineer that I is like my direct report, you know, like I feel like I need to be like talking to you. Can we meet like once a week and have a coffee chat? And whether it's talking about work stuff or talking about how I'm feeling in my role or if I need something, what does that look like? And like he thought it was a great idea and he like has it scheduled every week and he has it for a couple of the other engineers also. So I'm like, great, I started something because being able to feel comfortable asking for something when I need it is important. My needs are going to be different than everyone else's that I work with, whether they're a man or a woman. And people can't read your mind. So you can sit there and be so frustrated every single day with things. And people might just think you're in bad mood. They aren't going to know like, I need to be able to leave early on Tuesdays because I have appointments or maybe my kids have an event. I don't personally have kids, but maybe you have to pick up a kid. I mean, I have fur pets and they need attention to whether I have to go home at lunch. And Having the confidence to voice those needs is the biggest the biggest thing I think women in tech need to start realizing is you need to have a voice and you don't need to be demanding about it. But to really succeed and be happy, you need to start asking for what you want. And that's why I love your podcast as well, She Sparks Tech, because you are kind of shouting out to a darkness in a space that where a lot of women feel like they have to talk like a man, walk like a man, work like a man. And in actuality, our diversity and having access to mentorship, like you talk about, is what is really going to grow the space that you facilitate. And it's exactly what I want to do in medicine as well, to say like, we can show up in these spaces and be exactly who we are. And it's going to be a positive effect. Like inclusion is always the answer. Yes, for sure. And that was part of why, you know, I started my podcast is, you know, my office, there are no women in seniority above me. And I'm like, why well, I need to find someone who can suggest ways to deal with things. Someone who's maybe they've had kids and they've gone through what maternity leave looks like in this kind of position, because taking like two weeks off in a row is already like not great. Um, so I'm like, how do you take off four or six or eight and not come back and see everything burnt down. <laughs> and, you know, it's given me like some great people to reach out to. It's helped me make a lot of connections. And the the stories that I'm able to share, there a lot of them are questions that I want to be asking mentors anyway. And then I just get to share those conversations a little more deeply. You understand the the pieces of the mentorship in the conversation, but also career journey portions of it too. So if you're interested in app development and learning about some of the pieces with that, whether it's user experience or coding, 
I've had a couple people share how they've developed their apps and whether it was like idea focused or the technical creation side of it and learning those pieces and how things are put together, which is true of my role, true of other roles. I talk to so many people who are in tech and they're like, wait, there are people who design like the lighting and power in a building. Obviously, it has to happen. That's how it's there. It's how it's functioning correctly. But our company's sign isn't the sign at the construction site. You see the contractor and maybe you see the architect and then you usually see the owner's sign. So you understand more the pieces that work together because there are so many pieces that work together in tech. Absolutely. I love that. And it's so true. And I think seeing the parallel in in medicine, like there's so many pieces that happen behind the scenes that we kind of forget about that. So just to pivot a little bit, what does engineer burnout look like? So I think it really can vary for so many people. Like a lot of what I've struggled with has just been frustration in how things are going. Why why don't people understand like this deadline is happening? Why am I, why do I feel like I'm the only one moving toward this deadline? Why do I feel like I have to be telling people what to do when that's not my role? And getting angry and frustrated and then you try to take a day off to to deal with it and you're told that someone else will handle something you come back and it was worse than when you laid it out. And the thing with engineering is specifically with building engineering, you get one shot. There are no prototypes. We're not building test airplanes in mini version. If a building fails, people die. It You see it mostly with structural issues, but something could happen with an electrical service. You could have issues with ventilation. It's It's serious. It's High stress, baby. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's it's a lot to do. And like many other industries, people want things yesterday. You know, this person took forever to send it to us. So we need a real quick turnaround from you. Yeah, so did everyone else who sent me emails yesterday and today. And one of you know, along the way, I've started handling it better just based on asking for things that I need. You know, I asked, I spoke to my boss about what I'm contributing and I asked for a raise and I got a raise last year despite the pandemic happening. I wanted to have a clear line on responsibility on projects because when three of us are doing the work and everyone's asking me questions, I don't know what other people are doing. So that's helped. And that's, I mean, it's not going to be a solution for everyone. It depends how far you've been able to go into things. It's not always what I need, but being able to piece by piece figure out what I need to feel happy and successful has been the process. It's not 100% fixed. It's an industry where it's always going to be high stress. It's always going to be hard to take time. But you, I mean, we do amazing work. It's so cool to go at the end of the project and see and take pictures and get to share those. You know, when our clients say, you know, we really loved working with you and they want to keep working with us on future projects. It helps to make it better. And in the end, you have to understand that there's always going to be a to-do list. Just because you finish it today doesn't mean it's going to be easier later this week. You just have to be able to prioritize your work and spread it out in a way that doesn't put you behind, but doesn't make you feel like you're killing yourself. Yeah, absolutely. The proverbial to-do list. You know what I've started to do at the end of today is I I write myself a post-it note and say, everything that happens from this point forward can be taken care of tomorrow. And that helps me like close everything down and like walk away. 
And it really has helped with my brain in the middle of the night when I'm like, <gasps> did I do that thing? Did I like send that message? Did I sign off in like, that? I'm like, it can be taken care of tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's a circumstance where like it didn't get sent. No one is dying over this, this one thing. There are situations where it's, you know, it's a really big cost impact. It's a really big time delay, or especially in medicine, it could be a life or death situation. And there are plenty of things that are not, and you have to realize what those are. I love it. Well, Casey, so thank you so much for coming on Dr. Me First. It's been fun sitting down and chatting with you to seeing all of your great, amazing work and your representation of like us XX chromosomes in an XY world. I always love talking with you. So it's been really great sharing. And I hope that people find it helpful. And if they feel like coming to listen to other stories, they can find my podcast pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts. <laughs> yeah. It's it. Popping over there again. It's She Sparks Tech Podcast. And then you can also follow Casey on all the social medias at uh, She Sparks Tech. So there you go. Hey, are you tired of going at it alone? Well, friend, you don't have to anymore. Come sit with me. I want you to know that it's okay if you need to take a break. It's okay if you need to talk about some real crappy things. It's okay. You're not the first to feel like this, and you don't have to stick it out and be miserable. There is a way out, and there's a whole movement of fierce females in your corner. If you want to come sit with me and be in my community, you will not see me in Facebook groups. I freaking hate Facebook with a deep and fiery passion. <laughs> but what you can do is come over to Aaron Wiseman's Badass Collective on Slack. Because guess what? Once a badass, always a badass. And this isn't anything that's paid. It's not anything that I'm like throwing huge promos at you. It is simply a community where I am trying to get people together in the same space so that we can have these kind of conversations safely and in a protected manner that you feel so loved on. It's the whole purpose. So click in the show notes, get over to the Slack group. We do have some community rules. But, you know, that's just how it goes. But I would love to see you in there. I am in there almost every single day having real conversations, posting crazy pictures of my kids and gifts, all that good stuff. And I want you in there, too. So come on over. Come sit with me. love talking to Casey. Like I dream about sitting at her desk and like mapping out which light fixture from Lowe's I'm going to put in a building all over the hallway, which I know what she does is so much more complex than that, but it just totally is intriguing when you talk to another alpha female who's just doing incredible work. So thank you so much for Casey for coming on the podcast. All right, let's do your kick of encouragement today. And I wanted to go off of the last little bits of comment that Casey and I were talking about, about always having the to-do list. All right, so here it is. I want you to have a don't-do list or a to-don't-do list. And you're going to ask me like, what? 
No, I think it's important. It's one of the things that we can best do for ourselves. So many times we're like, we should do this. We could do that. Everybody else is doing that. And you stick it on your to-do list. But instead, I want you to do the exact opposite. I want you to write a list out of all the things that you no longer are going to do, that you no longer have any desire to do, and put it on the don't do list. For instance, toilets. I no longer clean toilets. (laughs) But I say this with all the love in my heart because we pile on so many of those to-dos, so many of those shoulds, all of the things that I'm just telling you, stop it. Just stop it. I want you to take the weight off your shoulder and be like, nope, not doing that. Nope, that's going on the don't do list. Because as you get empowered to take things off of the list, you're going to open up more time and space and energy in your life. All right, my second thing for this kick of encouragement revolving around a to-do list is I want you to try one day to make a to-do list with only three things on it. Three things that must get done, like brush my teeth, take care of the little humans I'm responsible to, and show up to the places that I absolutely must. Otherwise, I will end up in jail. Notice that I didn't say like where you're employed. (laughs) And I say this because, again, so many times we put so much pressure on ourselves to be everything to everyone, when in reality, at the end of the day, those are the three things that like absolutely have to get done. You have to brush your teeth. You have to take care of your little creatures. You have to make sure that you're fed and nourished that day. That's it. That's absolutely it. So try that, the three item to-do list. And if you're really brave after you've made a don't-do list, after you've only made a to-do list of three things, I want you to see if you can actually make a to-do list, not get everything done on it, but tell yourself, today was a good day, be able to walk away from your to-do list without guilt. Mm. There's been a lot of days where I've had the full to-do list and I look at it and I'm like, I didn't get it done today. And then in my head, I beat myself up. But in actuality, if I would flip the switch and I would look, I would be like, oh my gosh, look at all the amazing things I did get done today. Look at all these things that aren't even on the list that I did. And actually putting the list down and being like, good job. Good job, Aaron Wiseman. I want you to do that to yourself as well. All right. Before we wrap this up, I got to have one more word about our sponsor. Don't forget to reach out to Larry Keller of Physician Financial Services for your disability insurance needs. He's been around for a while in many physician communities, helping them with the coverage that they needed. So find out more about Larry at drpodcastnetwork.com backslash Larry Keller. All right, my friends, it's a great episode hanging out with you. I hope that you are having a hot girl summer. And remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. Bye. Check, check.